0: Welcome to the third episode of the AEC Engineering and Technology podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping engineering professionals find technology that fits their needs. In this episode, I'll be talking with Declan Vanderhoor, a geotechnical engineer by trade and the founder of Tablogs, as well as with Hannah Thomas, a geotechnical engineer and account executive at Tablogs. We'll be talking about how to streamline site investigations by removing the data entry bottleneck, as well as some commonalities between technology applied to all civil engineering disciplines. So geotechnical engineer or not, this episode has some great and broadly applicable content. Before we jump in, a word from our sponsor of this episode, Shingle.
1: Get back in the office now. And sorry, we're not going to have a fully remote policy. You've got to come in. Wait just a second if you've ever thought, I kind of like working full-time remote. I know what I'm doing. I work independently. All my work is on my computer. Why do I need to drive to the office every day? If only there was some sort of alternative. Surprise, you're going to want to know about a new technology company called Shingle. Are you an engineer that has an interest in entrepreneurship? Have you ever thought about stepping out on your own as an engineer or making some additional income with your engineering skills? Are you tired of moving and uprooting your life for a new job or battling an unnecessary commute? Would you like to be an engineer on your own terms? Shingle is an online marketplace where PEs can find and remotely engage with AE firms in the Shingle network that need their services as a consultant. The platform is specifically built for PEs and CAD professionals in architecture and engineering that want to move in the direction of entrepreneurship, work as much as they want, and have the freedom to work where they choose. Shingle wants the consultants to succeed and provides resources to get their companies up and running quickly. Get started on your road to entrepreneurship and engineering by going to ShingleIt.com. Again, that's ShingleIT.com and join the community today. Shingle, we work differently.
0: It's now time for our conversation of the week with Hannah Thomas and Declan Vanderhoor, both with Tablogs. Guys, welcome. Great to have you here on the show.
2: Great to be
0: here. Thanks for having us, Nick. We'll dive right into it. Declan and Hannah, I briefly introduced you guys, but in your own words, can you please tell our listeners about yourselves and what you two do on a daily basis?
3: I'm a geotech engineer by trade, graduated quite a few years back now, I was a geotech engineer for the first three years of my career, went into project engineering after that. Right from the beginning when I was a geotech engineer, uh, the idea for tablogs you know, came about just out of frustration. I started building tablogs, I think, one year out of university and uh, now, luckily enough, I'm working on a full-time as a CEO and founder.
2: I'm Hannah and I also am a geotech engineer by trade. I graduated from School of Nines in 2019, uh, studied geological engineering. I went straight into construction, um, doing deep foundations down in Louisiana, then went to uh, design and did a little more, uh, like I said, design work, got to get some drilling experience, got tasked with finding a new software to help our uh, transition into something like open ground and new database. And I ended up finding tab logs and ended up joining the team because I believed in it so much. So now I spend my days uh, looking for new clients, maintaining relationships we already have, uh, thinking about new features. Yeah, just trying to build their network, really.
0: It's really great to have that kind of industry and field experience backing the software you guys bring to the table. I always love to see that cross because it truly is the construction professionals that can bring that experience back, whether in engineering and construction. But, Declan, could you expand on that a little bit on the origin story? So, started kind of a year or so out of your schooling, how did you get to where you are today, just in a little bit more detail?
3: Yeah, when I graduated as, a, as an engineer, I naively thought that I would actually spend most of my time as an engineer doing engineering work and quickly found out that as a grad engineer, I was spending about half of my time sitting on a drill rig, supervising drilling operations or uh, back in the office in front of uh, you know, some archaic software producing digitized logs. And that was a bit of a surprise for me. That's what my career looked like as a graduate for two years was doing data entry. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. And I looked. I couldn't believe that there wasn't a solution out there for myself and my peers that actually made it really, really easy to log information digitally on site. And that's what planted the seed for Tableau's in the early days. Is just, I guess, the selfish need from myself to have a solution that meant I could actually be an engineer and not, um, yeah, admin.
0: And it's innovation born out of frustration that we see so many times. And geotechnical as a subdiscipline of civil is not the only one that has that setup where as a junior engineer, maybe your first couple of years out of college, you're doing something and you might think, man, I could automate this using software where there's got to be a better way. That type of thinking is great and is always the type of thinking we're, we're encouraging our listeners to do. But Hannah, could you expand on the Declan's point a little bit more, right? So The current industry practice seems like there's some room for improvement. Could you talk about some of the drawbacks of the logging practices for geotechnical and environmental site investigations?
2: I think really the main problem is that there's no real standard on what people want to see. So it depends really on the project and your client on the end product and what they want that to look like. So I think it's made it hard to kind of make a universal standard to keep things the same, even within states. I think that that makes it hard because when the junior engineers go out there, we're all kind of told different things and it's never really consistent. So you really have to ask every time you go out what they're looking for. It'd be a lot easier if there's a set standard that you know you need to, to do it that way and you know you need to you know describe it in a certain order to know that on, like on the front end saves a lot of time. On the back end, where you're going to put all that data entry, you have to fix it on top of putting it in there too or you have to be able to... To look at the descriptions and see that someone's spelled gray with an A and not with an E. And something like that takes a lot of time to fix. If you have to go back and, and see that two people are logging differently, make it the same language. It takes extra time on top of already entering data you already spent hours doing in the field. So... It really made me love the field and going out there and logging and drilling, but I despise coming back and having to do that same exact work I've already done once, even if it was my own work, the worst is when someone goes out, you get to log their logs, you can't read their handwriting, they forgot, you know, density, they forgot to even put the color, but they didn't take pictures, so you can't go back and look. So there's just a lot that can go wrong because there's no set standard. And that really bothered me that I was the one that was stuck data entering other people's logs in a software that wasn't very intuitive. So it's hard to take their data and it was hard to even put it in the software in a, a way that you didn't have to spend hours training to do it. So since it was not an intuitive software, no one could learn. And then I got stuck doing it. So... It was, yeah, I have a lot of frustration with that for
0: sure. And you've made a number of good points, right? Just ease of use, how accessible is it in the field, and that almost checklist type manner of making sure you're hitting everything. When the data is most accessible when you're in the field, right? So instead of going back to the office and being frustrated of what color was it? Did I take photos? Right. It sounds like a perfect setup for software to come in, standardize the process and do as much as possible to make sure you're collecting the data that you need, but decline. So if we're talking about this, you know, solution standardizing things, checklist per se, right? What would you tell any consultant? Like, what is the let's say, cost of an action by an engineer or consultant? Like, what is going to happen if they're not adopting more of a standardized solution like you guys are bringing to the table?
3: Yeah, there's a couple of points to touch on there. So standardization is, is a big selling point to our clients, we find, because even if they're not inexperienced geotechs on site, even if they you know been logging boreholes for 20 years, each geotech over time has developed their own kind of flavor to logging. And they'll use different terms, their orders, parameters, difference. And then this all has to be, I guess, made uniform back in the office. And that process in itself is time-consuming and also a risk of you know, not bringing through um, the intention of the logger as well. That is a selling point with, with tablogs. You've got a uniform process that everyone across the consultancy logs exactly the same. And then there's also the kind of cost side of things and the efficiency in how a geotech engineering firm operates and runs. It's getting more and more competitive for geotech engineering consultancies now. There's more, and a lot of the time the answer is, you know, kind of to beat a competitor on price. And it's in a lot of areas in geotech, it's kind of a race to the bottom where people are, you know, lowering their prices to try and get work when Really, there's other ways to kind of improve margins and um, software, modern software is, you know, it's a great solution, kind of low upfront costs and it has the opportunities to really make a material change um, to your margins in, in your business. And, yeah, that's kind of another another selling point of Tablogs and, you know, the cost of inaction is if you have, a, you know, a new modern geotech engineering firm who's adopted a software like you know, Tablogs is just one of many. That's, you know, stream ones, what used to be like a two-week process to produce logs and get logs to a client. If you have that consultancy versus a more traditional one, you know, it makes it a a no-brainer for, you know, a client to pick a consultancy that can get factual information to the day of drilling versus someone that will get results to you maybe two weeks later. That is is a big cost. And if we work with traditional modern geotechs to try and, you know, paint the picture, so they they can kind of see the lights and
0: uh, we can help them out. We've talked about tab logs at a high level, guys, but could you just describe what does tab logs do specifically for geotechnical engineers?
3: We provide a software solution that on-site geotechs and drillers actually prefer to use over paper to log information. And yeah, this definitely wasn't easy to achieve. We leverage governing standards uh, of the region we roll out in. So US, it's ASTM, uh, to dynamically guide users through the right logging workflow um, to make it really quick and to ensure that the data is of the highest quality that's being collected. And then we produce all final geotech reports automatically and in seconds to save our clients those thousands of dollars uh, on data entry. And more importantly, keep engineers actually doing the billable work that they're trained to do.
0: And it just sounds like you're providing a better way to do what people have been doing in the field for decades now.
3: Yeah, there's a, just a load of advantages to locking information digitally. It's just, and, uh, they're not hard uh, to grasp. The hard part is just getting something that an engineer in the middle of everything covered in mud on site actually wants to use. That's the piece of the puzzle that we've worked hard to solve.
0: And I'm sure you guys have no problem getting in the mud right next to your customers and helping them out and showing them how it's done, right? We love it.
3: I don't get enough opportunities anymore to head out on site and get dirty and start you know, splitting SPT. So yeah, it's um, something we definitely love to do.
0: Like we always say, that software support from your vendors, guys, to our listeners, is critical because they're the experts and they're going to be able to help you build a use case specific to your company for the best application of their software. We talk about, you know, all the time, software is a multiplier, right? And if you're that modern firm who is using, you know, solution like tab logs and can really start to pull ahead, you could be leaving other firms in the dust, right? I mean, two weeks versus a day, that's crazy. That's like literally 10 times more efficient. But that being said, and something so appealing, right? Why hasn't the industry adopted a digital logging solution to this point?
3: The idea itself, it's not hard to grasp, and a lot of engineers kind of understand the benefits to digital portal in theory. But what has been hard is actually developing something that engineers on site, while they're covered in mud, while they're managing you know, five different things at one time, to get them to walk away from a pen and paper log to you know, adopt something on a tablet. That's really been building something that engineers want to use in practice has been the challenge and, and what the main reason we guess that there hasn't been a solution out there that's adopted industry-wide in the past is just purely because of that issue. We spent a lot of time in the early days when I was still on-site drilling, we would have our first kind of version of tablogs, find the oldest driller on-site that we could find with the biggest hands, give them a tablet and, you know, when the tablet got curled across sites, we knew, oh, maybe we should uh, maybe improve the workflow there. (laughs) That's what we worked on a lot in the beginning, is just getting something that engineers actually prefer to use over pen and paper. And then from there, it's just been pretty quick adoption. Uh, I don't think we've had a a trial yet that hasn't um, had engineered buy-in. So that's exciting.
0: Absolutely. And Hannah, could you just expand more specifically on software and how it can help engineering firms streamline their investigations, right? We've talked about, in theory, about how this digital adoption could work, but could you talk about tab logs more specifically?
2: Really, the best thing about it is that because it's tabs, it makes it a lot faster than writing it all out. And it follows the flow based on you have know, the correct ASDN standards. So it doesn't let you really log anything you're not supposed to, which is what really a junior engineer wants. Because when you're out there and you log something you're not supposed to, or you don't log something you're supposed to, one of the worst feelings. So one of the great things I think uh, that can kind of help with the whole process is that you are able to kind of set it up on the front end have like the lead engineer, you know, say what's required when you log, what order, just so that when you go out there, there's no question on if you need to collect like a pocket penetrometer or not. So just having that on the front end, it helps both, you know, the junior and the senior engineers be on the same page. And while the junior engineers out there drill in, the senior engineer can watch all the process and all the progress. From the office? Yeah, from the office and make all on, you know, whether or not they should keep drilling or whether or not they should test. And and I know personally, there's been moments where I really wish I had that because trying to describe that over the phone is a little bit hard, but to have that as a tool and just how intuitive it is, because it's so customizable, it makes it A nice tool that a lot of other logging softwares don't offer where you get to change it the way that you want. So by doing that, you're able to put it in the order you want. You're able to make it exactly how you want it to look. And it's not hard to get there, which I can't say the same for the 1980s software I was using for. But yeah, that's, I think, what really makes it special is that everything is, you know, tabs. It's not drop-down menus. It's an easy user interface and pretty accessible.
0: Which makes sense. And you touched on customizability. The one thing that a lot of firms struggle with the transition from pen and paper to this digital adoption is pen and paper really lets you just customize as much as you want. It has its drawbacks because there's none of the fail-safes that you had talked about. So how do you strike that balance between, for example, for that junior engineer Here's what's required versus, well, we might get into something we might not, and we need some amount of customizability.
3: That's a great question, and something that we struggled a lot with in the early days is being quick, but also give them all the options that they need to be able to log the information that they want. What we do is, as Hannah touched on, we'll leverage the governing standard of the region that we roll out in, in America, it's ASTM, and we'll use that to. Predictively and dynamically change the logging menu. So if you log a clay, it's not going to ask you for density. It's going to ask you for stiffness or you know, consistency. It's going to ask you for plasticity. So it means you're never logging a soil sort of 30 drop-down menus. You're logging maybe, you're tapping a screen maybe five to seven times to log, you know, three lines of description, which would have to be written in the past. We just straight down the line with the standard to log what needs to be logged for a soil, then we give them the option to always add notes, which will be you know, in brackets under the description, and they can favourite notes as well. So once they you know, add a certain term or note that they like to use often, they can favourite it and it's you know, available from a drop-down menu. So, yeah, we, what has to be logged for a soil under the standard is bloody quick, and then we always give them the option to add additional notes if they need
0: which is great because that user interface, user experience is so important because, you know, if somebody can't use the software, right? We all know it's just not getting used, especially in the field. I think you guys touched on it a little bit earlier, but I'd be interested to hear more about that remote collaboration piece, right? That senior engineer in the office, that junior engineer in the field, but they're collaborating as if they were side by side. How does Tablox facilitate that?
3: With the Android app on site, it's real-time, it provided your network networkers of course, um, it's real-time feedback to the office. So it's not as soon as you finish a borehole log uh, that the engineer sees it. As you add a profile or as you add a test, that information comes through, super granular information comes through in real time to the office. Like an example I can give is when I was a junior geotech, uh, we quoted 15-metre boreholes for, for this site. Uh, it was marine clay. And I got to 15 metres and went, okay, you know, let's pull up here and uh, head off site, and then I got told off. That was a, the last time I made that mistake when I got back to the office, and the senior engineer found out that I stopped the bore hole in marine clay. That was a bit of a learning curve. So now, if I had tab logs back then, it'd just be call, and the senior engineer can view like an actual finished borehole log in real time, and just say, okay, do we have you know the skin friction on this pile? based on what we've drilled so far, do we need to go down uh, further? This is stuff that the engineer can really, really guide on site investigations to the way that they need to be, actual, to be able to write an interpretive report. Any senior engineer who gets to you know, that report writing stage, it's their, line, their name on the line, on the dotted line. And if they don't have the data that they need to be able to provide the, the parameters that are required, They really have to kind of make an educated guess, and they hate doing that, and they shouldn't have to do that. This gives them a bit of um, buy into the actual investigation process as well, a bit of control
0: over it. Oftentimes, it's those senior level people who aren't as, as involved in the nitty gritty of the software, right? They want to make sure that it works for their purposes and it's accomplishing the same thing that pen and paper would just more efficiently. But I'd also like to point out, you know, a lot of the points you guys are bringing up are not just unique to, you know, geotechnical boring software, right? It's the the remote collaboration. It's there's got to be a better way to do this. It's I can't believe we're still using pen and paper. So to our listeners, right, even if you're not a geotechnical engineer and focused on geotechnical investigations, boring, et cetera, there's still a lot of valuable content to be gained. Just from the principles that we see time and time again when interviewing our guests, but you know, Declan, I guess my next question then is, what's next for Tablogs? Right, great setup, revolutionizing what is you know traditionally an old industry with old practices. What do you have in the pipeline next?
3: We'll always have a development focus on our on our core product. Just focus on improving that. That's going to be our main development focus. But. We do have more and more requests from our users to produce kind of a lab testing side to the business as well, and that really makes sense and is part of our um, product roadmap now. So yeah, the idea is we'll release a, a product called Tab Labs, which brings lab testing results straight back into tab logs, so we can automatically reconcile what's being visually and tactilely assessed on site with lab test results, and for us it kind of provides a end-to-end solution for our geotech a customer base so that's something that's big in the roadmap that we'll, we'll be releasing over the next um, six months also another thing is models 3d models plotting boreholes in x y and z on a topography map with overlaid geology maps and all of that wonderful stuff and taking a 3d model going to plan view striking a section line across your site and producing long sections. That's something we've, we've developed. It's in testing now and should be available for our clients early next year. That's a big step for us is to provide long sections to, to our clients using modern tech stacks or through a browser experience in long sections in three steps, which is pretty special. I can't wait to put it out there
0: which is amazing and again I'm no geotechnical engineer right I'm just going to assume that you know you take a section and it's just a representation based on 2D data but you're not getting as much information as you could that's as accurate compared to what you're proposing here right and it's amazing how quickly the technology has progressed to kind of get us to this point which is awesome today's been great to both you Declan and Hannah what piece of advice would you give to our listeners here to close out the episode
3: I guess you have such a wide range of of listeners. So it's hard to provide just one set of advice, but I'll I'll probably say just to the engineers out there, look for ways to make your life easier. Look for software alternatives out there because there is quite a few that could add a bit of quality of life to your career. If there isn't anything out there, maybe look at it as as an opportunity. And, you know, I definitely wasn't... Tech focused. I was just a geotech engineer who, you know, had a bit of insider kind of knowledge on, you know, an area of geotech that needed work. Came up with something rough in the early days to try and get going. So maybe it's an opportunity for the, you know, for the frustrated uh, engineers out there to try and build something to help your peers.
2: My biggest advice is to not be afraid of trying something new, whether that be a software or just really a new experience, but in this regard, I know it's intimidating to have, you know, a software that's brand new to you and you like, haven't used before, but uh, you got to go into it with an open mind with, a, you know, willing to learn because you'll find that it makes your life a lot easier, but it takes just that first month of frustration of, of figuring it out and getting used to it. But once you do hundred percent worth it and it might be scary, but I would say
0: do it. Agreed, and oftentimes we found that the frustration in making the transition is still less than the frustration of the manual process, right? Of the process that's that's trying to be changed. But you know, thank you both for joining us today. Where can our listeners find you? Is social media, et cetera? Like, where's the best place to catch up with you guys if they have questions? I
3: think we're both very active on, on yeah. LinkedIn, where we love to post a, a meme every now and then.
2: <laughs> every Monday,
3: yeah, every, every monday yeah. Definitely on LinkedIn. So catch us there. Any questions at all, I, I love to talk about this stuff. So please reach out.
0: Here at EMI, as we always offer, please, you know, you can reach out to myself or any of us at any time just so we can be of assistance in the best way possible, right? We're just trying to help all the engineers out there use technology to their benefit and be more efficient. So Klein and Hannah, thank you both so much. And that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks for having us. And that concludes this week's episode of the AEC Engineering and Technology Podcast. Please remember, you can find the show notes for this episode at aectechpodcast.com. There, you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as any links to the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, I wish you all the best in your engineering and technology endeavors.